jsfradio.org. Thank you so much. Hello, 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 and welcome to the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for this Monday evening, Patricio Robayo. Merry Christmas. Today's Christmas Day. If you are celebrating, Merry Christmas. Hope you enjoy the Christmas Day. As the year comes to a close, we are reaching out to our reporters and correspondents with whom we have regular contact throughout the year. Our goal is to always is to collaborate with them to deliver the most up-to-date news for our coverage area. And tonight I had the pleasure to speak to Derek Kurt, the editor for the Sullivan County Democrat. Derek, welcome back to the program. As we take a look back at 2023, one of the biggest stories that happened recently was the election and how the county legislature will look really different next year. So this year was a big year for seeing the changing of the guard and new faces coming aboard. See if they can take the reins on county level and on the town level in some places. The county legislature saw two elected officials decide to withhold their bid for re-election. That's, uh, that was Alan Sorensen and Iris Steingart. Uh, so that immediately allowed the, an invitation to two new faces. Uh, in the addition to uh, a number of new candidates running off against the incumbents and winning and beating them out for their seats. Yes, on the county level, we will be seeing almost an entirely new board that will be Democrat-led. I think, I believe it was 5-4 that we are looking to go into the new year with. And at this point, I don't believe that they have decided who their chair and vice chair for the main legislative board or other committees yet, or at least I am not aware of them at this moment. So there is definitely more uh, shaping to come with the county level government. And I know a lot of the towns uh, mostly stayed the same uh, with their town boards going into the new year, with the exceptions of Fallsburg and uh, the town of Fallsburg and the town of Highland, who are seeing new supervisors going to assume the role. Um, so we're going into this new year with a lot of new direction and new faces. Uh, so that's, it's pretty exciting, and I'm excited to see and to cover what new things will come out of the new boards. Absolutely. And just to track back a little bit on the county legislature, if we could just remind folks that it's what a year is, a couple of years has been with this current legislature. A lot of public infighting, a lot of public disagreements with the public during public comments, usually from the chairman. Uh, At one point, a lot of folks from the public were asking him to resign. Um, and we did a lot of interviews here in the Radio Catskill, and you guys also did in the Democrat, but it seems like... This past election was a referendum on that, on the chairman, that there was a huge need, change needed because just the way things were running at the legislature. At least I'm curious to see what happens with the new legislature. And usually you mentioned the chairman not being voted on. From my understanding of from what in the past, it usually gets voted in uh, usually around the reorg meeting. Uh, first two, one, first one or two meetings, they decide um, who the chairman will be. And you mentioned Fallsburg. We had a Republican, Kathy Rappaport. 
lost out to Mike Bencion, who is a Democrat, Nathan Steingard, is going to come back on the board. He was there previously when Steve Vigilante was the supervisor. And you also have Sean McCarty. Obviously, uh, he's coming back. And Miranda Behan is also coming back because they're uh, not up for election until the following year. And the title of Highland, you mentioned there before, we had an interview with the, the town supervisor-elect, John Pizzolatto. And that's also a change there. We had uh, Haas, who's been a long-time supervisor for the town of Highland. Like I said, it's going to be an exciting new year to see all these new candidates coming up. And also, next year is another election year. It's the big election year for the presidential election and also for the Congress. I do know uh, at the county level, going back to that, um, there was a lot of pushback against the chairman. I noted a lot of people liked it to a drama show where the county government um, was a little bit of, uh, had some flair to it, to say the least. Uh, it is exciting to see who will step up to the plate um, and who will come out as chair and vice chair. Um, off the top of my head, I know Nadia Reich has also been a longstanding member of the board. Um, so I, I'd imagine she would also be in the running. So I'm very interested to see who the face of the county will be. Uh, moving on, we talked about, uh, I talked about a little bit, but the Congress election is next year. A uh, Congressman Mark Marilano was had a town hall uh, earlier this year in February. What were some of the top topics he talked about in this town hall? Absolutely, yeah. So this town hall took place in February of this year. So it's a little bit far back, but the topics that he talked touched upon are still very relevant, especially when on the broader scale, the war in Ukraine, people were asked if they had ever been affected personally or their family had been affected by opioids to stand up and a number of the crowd rose. Uh, it was a very moving night, a very touching night. Um, one that cannot be understated how important, especially for here in Sullivan County, especially in the village of Monticello, how deeply our roots are connected in these issues that seem to separate us, but really pull us together. Um, it was a wonderful thing to see many people from the Sullivan County government, from Sullivan 180, from a number of these organizations that have put in time day in and day out to assist in providing answers to these problems, uh, to see them come together uh, and to showcase, yes, we are going through these issues. Yes, we are hurting, but yes, we also have the ability to come together and to speak openly about these topics. Uh, one speaker, she had noted um, she had kept her addiction a secret for many years um, and that, in her words, secrets keep us sick. And being able to openly talk about these things and to show up in front of the courthouse in Monticello with loved ones and candles and in memory, in speech, and luminary on the steps of the courthouse. It was a night to really be there, uh, and it was the third annual vigil. So for the past two years, this conversation has been front and center for many in the county, and it is, I hope it is a tradition that continues to grow and continues to be the forefront of people's minds, because the only way, it seems to be the only way that we will be able to beat this uh, overdose use issue we have here in the county is to uh, come together as one, um, regardless of prior history or usage of any sort of substance, um, but be, to be able to unilaterally raise our voice uh, in solidarity against the issue, I think is extremely important. Yeah, we have the designation that we have the highest overdose rates outside of New York City when it comes to opioid Unfortunately, we have that designation, and it's that this event happens every year. Uh, you know, part of me wishes that it didn't have to happen. We do that we didn't have to ha be in the situation, but of course, it's important that we do 
have it to remember those who, who we have lost and also to support their families. I'm sure this is a very cathartic experience to those who attend there to be around folks who have experienced something that you have also experienced. So obviously it's very important to have it. Yes. The vigil to remember, obviously, uh, we pray that wouldn't have to happen. But when it does, I think it shows that people do care, people do remember, and people do want to see their neighbors be happy and healthy. Yeah, absolutely. We have another story here you've been working on or worked on in the past. In, in 2022, Forestburg Firehouse lost a firefighter, Billy Steinberg, who passed away in the line of duty fighting a fire that was set by an arsonist. Bailey was recently honored in Albany. What can you tell us about this, Derek? It was a very solemn, somber day when uh, Billy Steinberg, a Forestburg firefighter, went to duty to put out a structure fire in, I believe it was the town of Thompson, and did not return home. Um, and the county has, uh, the county and the Forestburg community have not forgotten Billy in the past year uh, that has progressed since his passing. A number of memorials have been erected in his name. I know there is one outside of the Forestburg Fire Hall, uh, which has now recently been illuminated uh, so that it can be seen at all times during the day, as well as it, a being forever memorialized alongside so many other fallen firefighters in Albany uh, at the Firefighters Memorial uh, later in October of this year. And I've had uh, a number of conversations with Billy's father, Jim Steinberg Sr., uh, and he, he would, has noted that how his joy in the memory of his son, a fallen hero, uh, being remembered in such a way, in such a significant way by so many people. Yeah, it's a really sad day for the Steinberg family and for those in Forsberg. I've covered Forsberg for a couple of years for the Sullivan County Democrat and attended many of the town board meetings. And I know they're a very close-knit bunch of folks there. Um, so I know this is uh, very hard for them who lost a member of their family. It has been very hard for the Forestburg community just in general. Um, and I hope that our remembrance of Billy and all uh, firefighters who constantly put their life on the line uh, for our safety and protection, that their names are praised and remembered as heroes, um, living and not. Uh, it's it's a, a very uh, refreshing thought to have the hero Billy Steinberg still fresh in our memory, especially with Billy's law that has been coming along, going through New York legislature, um, which is expected to reappear hopefully sometime next year. And maybe we'll, hopefully we'll get more information on its fate. And of course, we will continue to report on Billy's law as we get more information. Um, but it is um, very sad that no, Billy was taken from us and the Forestburg community so soon at the age of 37. So more to come on Billy's Law in the future, hopefully, and wishing peace, especially during the holiday season at this time, uh, to the Steinberg family and the Forestburg community. Uh, we talked earlier about the vigil for those who passed away to the use of opioids and opioid addiction. He did another feature earlier in, in April about polyuse drugs in, within the county. What, what can you tell us about this and what exactly is polyuse drugs? Absolutely. Polyuse is a term that not many people had heard of. And of course, the question at this uh, legislature's public safety and law enforcement committee meeting, uh, what is polydrugs? And the big question 
are they in Sullivan County? And unfortunately, the answer to that latter question was yes, they are already present here in Sullivan County. And for those who don't know, polyuse drug is uh, it is defined by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, or the CDC, as when two or more substances are, substances are taken together or within a short period of time. Uh, one of those, uh, which is gaining notoriety around the nation, is trank, trank dope, or also known as xylazine, which is fentanyl mixed with a horse tranquilizer, which is a very scary combination, especially when you take note that when you use, when you use a Narcan, on someone who is suffering from an overdose, it will only impact or negate the opioids that are in Trank, and it will not be able to help the body react to the fentanyl or the horse tranquilizer. So it is an extremely dangerous substance that people were concerned about and still are concerned about, it being in the county and it making its way around the community. And like you had said earlier, we are very low on the health standards for the entire state, just above the city. So knowing that these uh, polyuse substances are here uh, is a big push for our community to ensure that we are doing everything we can to put a stop to it. It's a concerning thing, and it's like I said, we are a big county as far as acreage goes, uh, but at the same time, we're also a small community. So any Absolutely. impact that has to our community is felt throughout the county. And I think one big thing, going back to the pushing to put an end to it, it can't be missed that after a period of pushing for the designation, United States Senator Chuck Schumer was able to get the Sullivan County uh, designated as a high-intensity drug trafficking area, or HITA, um, which has put us in the federal eye for our absolute need for funding to help with the reduction and the elimination of such dangerous substances from hurting our people here in Sullivan County. That's another big story that happened over this past year. If you talk about that a little bit more, Senator Chuck Schumer was here several times pushing for the Hyder designation. And I know uh, Sullivan County applied for it and unfortunately didn't get it right away. And then he brought in some other people. I believe he brought in the, uh, the public health director for the United States into it to find out best way to fill out the, basically the application for this designation. And finally, you know, we did get it. And they said, because we have that designation, additional resources will come into law enforcement. I believe some mental health agencies will also get some uh, benefit from that. Uh, but yeah, that was a big story because I said we are the highest overdose rates outside of New York City and we did not have this designation. And it's finally, you know, we got this designation and, and being recognized by the United States. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know um, a lot of the local leaders, including Acting District Attorney Brian Connerty, Sullivan County Sheriff Mike Schiff, um, and at the time, Sullivan County Drug Task Force co-chair Wendy Brown, who has since stepped down from, from the position, were very much um, rejoicing that we had finally received this designation. Hopefully, there will be more to come, uh, more federal funding along the way, uh, so that we can continue to get back up on our feet and get to where we need to be. We're talking to Derek Kurt, editor for the Sullivan County Democrat, taking a look back at the year that was in 2023. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. They said there'd be snow on Christmas. They said there'd be peace on You're listening to The Local Edition. 
winner of Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Hello, I'm Graham Rice, host of the Wagonhood and Monkeys British and Irish Folk Music Show here on Radio Catskill. This is the time to focus on family and friends. But if you have a neighbour somewhere on your street or around the corner who'll be on their own this holiday, please call round with a card, some holiday treats and a bottle of their favourite refreshment. I'm sure they'll appreciate it and it might just make you feel better too. From all of us here at Radio Catskill, have a safe and festive holiday season and a happy new year. NPR and this station are supported by the communities we serve. In return, our journalism is available to everyone free of charge. Keep this public service strong. Donate today. Make your year-end tax-deductible donation before December 31st. Make a one-time donation of any amount at wjffradio.org. Thank you. Welcome back to the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for this Monday evening, Patricio Robayo. We're spending this Monday evening talking to Derek Kurt, the editor for the Sullivan County Democrat, taking a look back at the year that was 2023. We'll skip go over to some environmental coverage she did last year. Uh, some folks may forget that I actually forgot until I saw your notes that we actually had a, a, a tornado come down here. We had some hurricane coverage there in the past year. What can you tell us about some of the, the storms that ripped through the Sullivan County? Yeah. So in uh, late April, we had a number of tornadoes actually touch down in Calicoon Center and in Roscoe and in other uh, and with remarkable storms. And other parts of the county, it is easy. You know, when you're not looking at the damage, it might be easier to um, lose track of when that happened and exactly how that went down. We, the Democrat, had taken a look at a home and farm in Calhoun Center owned by the Reislings, Apple Pond Farm, that had taken a hit. I know that they had to do extensive repairs on their barn. A number of their farm animals had been displaced, and I believe a number of them had been relocated, uh, but still goes to show just the sheer power of a tornado. I believe it was a EF2 tornado, very powerful winds that had touched down in Sullivan County. Um, and there was a great community resurgence in both Roscoe and Calhoun Center to come and bring support to the affected people who had lost property, you know, and among other things, um, for them to come together and to provide the neighborliness um, that we have come to know and love here in Sullivan County was a refreshing sight after debris had littered yards upon yards of our friends and neighbors. For those who may not realize that, it's at Apple Palm Farm from one of the owners is uh, Sonia, and she does a show here Bells and banjos, so they're very well known. Uh, she was also a past uh, president of our board at one point. Well, she's well known to listeners of WJFF for your cats go. Her heart went out to them because of the devastating tornadoes. He's watching the images. I saw some drone footage of what happened. It's just, it's amazing how precise the tornado was also because it was just really just one strand of area and even like things on the left and right were like almost looked like untouched in some instances. I talked to someone earlier uh, this month about 
the outlook for next year, because uh, you forget that this past year we had a lot of instances of some un- not unseasonable weather, but some heavier weather patterns, like heavier rains. We had uh, also a lot of uh, uh, the brush fires that happened during the fire, se- fire season that we have here. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen next year as far as that goes. Uh, whether, are we going to have any more intense weather like we had last year in these past couple of years? You know, some of the experts are saying that this is a direct reflection on what's happening globally and with the environmental issue and global warming. Absolutely, yeah. And that had slipped my mind, the amount of brush fires that encountered over the summer in the warmer months. And I, a big shout out to all of the firefighters, volunteers, you know, who give their time uh, over the summers and over the brush fire season to put those out. But yeah, those were uh, consistent. The extreme weather, uh, looking forward to the future, will we have some normalcy? Oh, here's hoping. But hopefully we'll, you know, when we do hit this ex- these extreme weather you know, and the repercussions of such, hopefully uh, I'm sure that the community will continue to be able to come together as they have uh, and provide for one another. We were talking to Derek Kurt, the editor for the Sullivan County Democrat, joining us here to take a look back at the year that was and take a look ahead what's happening in 2024. Again, Derek, thank you so much for joining us throughout the the whole year coming on every week to give us a Democrat update and also come joining us every month on the Reporters Roundtable, letting us know what's happening on the pages of the Sullivan County Democrat. So thank you so much for doing this and thank you so much for your coverage. Thank you so much for your reporting and coming on the air every, every week and I look forward to working with you in the next year. Absolutely. And I just want to say thank you for having me this past year. It's been an absolute pleasure to lend my voice to WJFF Radio Chatskill. And I'm so looking forward to more news, more features, more everything uh, in this upcoming year. Again, thank you so much, Derek, for that. That was Derek Kurt, editor for the Sullivan County Democrat. Moving right along here, uh, since it's Christmas, I want to play a little excerpt from the Christmas Carol Radio reading from the Sullivan County Dramatic Workshop. I was here for uh, one Saturday in December to have Harold come in and his crew come in of actors and do a live, well, not live, it was recorded, but a radio play right here in our studio, Studio B. Actually, right now where I'm recording this, 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 uh, episode of the local edition. And it was great to meet all the actors there and actually to actually see a live radio play in action. I, I did it once before with uh, other folks. Um, I had my daughter in the studio with me, and she enjoyed it. We had both had headphones on and listening to the story of Christmas Carol. It was it was a great a great experience just sitting in the studio and watch the magic happen and unfold before uh, across the glass from our studio. So, so here is uh, Sullivan County Dramatic Workshop and their edition of a Christmas Carol, a radio play. Five minutes to air. This is your five-minute call. Mr. Fillmore, Mr. Laurent, Mr. Haywood, Miss Applewhite, and Miss Sherwood, this is your five-minute call. Three minutes to air. This is your three-minute call. If our studio audience would kindly take their seats, Mr. Laurent, to the stage for audience warm-up. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live broadcast from WSDW in Liberty, New York. We have just a couple of minutes before we're live on the air, which gives me just enough time to introduce the fine acting ensemble who will be performing tonight's play. You know him as Father Fagan on Satan is a Woman, heard each and every week on another network, and soon to be seen in RKO Pictures' The Mockingbird Murder Mystery. Playing Ebenezer Scrooge in this evening's play, it is my thrill to introduce Mr. Freddie Fillmore! 
And you know this little lady as Sadie Davenport on the popular soap opera The Moon in the Gutter, and soon to be seen on Broadway in Lament for a Virgin. Please join me giving a warm welcome to your favorite and mine, Miss Sally Applewhite. (laughs) I'm thrilled to share the stage once again with one of my favorite funny men, star of Too Many Monkeys, and soon to be seen taking a dramatic turn in monumental pictures, Mother Was a Nazi. Here's Mr. Harry Jasbo Haywood. Hello, America, and hello to you, too. You know her from the Broadway smash Over the Teacups and heard every week as Uli on the popular mystery program Homicide Hussy. I give you, and be so kind to give her back, the incomparable Miss Lana Sherwood. And finally, a man who needs no introduction, starring each and every week as Detective Dickie Dickerson in Crime Does Not Pay, and host of the popular kiddie program, The Mr. Peanut and Petunia Pig Hour, here's the ever-popular Mr. Jake Laurent. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm getting a signal from our stage manager that we will be live on the air in less than 10 seconds. Please remember that this evening's play is being broadcast live, coast to coast, and our audience at home is counting on your reaction to aid in their listening pleasure. So feel free to laugh, cry, and applaud mightily as you enjoy the performance. We're on the air in five, four, three, two, one. W-S-D-W In Liberty This is W-S-D-W Playhouse of the Air Good evening everyone This is Jake Lorenz The host of this program Each and every week The W-S-D-W Playhouse of the Air Dedicates ourselves To bringing you over the air Your favorite stories performed by the brightest stars of Broadway and Hollywood. And tonight is no exception, as we bring you Charles Dickens' famous Yuletide ghost story, A Christmas Carol, starring Freddie Fillmore as Ebenezer Scrooge. We take you now to London, 1843, and raise the curtain on Act One of A Christmas Carol. Marley was dead to begin with. There's no doubt about whatever that was. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew he was dead, of course. They were partners for many years. Scrooge was was his sole executor, his sole friend, and his sole mourner. Scrooge never painted out old Marley's name. There it stood, years afterwards, above the warehouse door at the firm of Scrooge and Marley. What a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone was Scrooge, and the cold within him didn't thaw one degree at Christmas. Once upon a time, on Christmas Eve, Scrooge sat busy in his counting-house. He kept his eye on his clerk, Bob Cratchit, who was in a dismal little cell copying letters. It was just before closing time when, through the door, came Scrooge's only nephew, Fred. A Merry Christmas, Bob! Oh, and the same to you, Fred. A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you! Yeah, bah, humbug. Christmas a humbug, Uncle? 
You don't mean that, I am sure. I do. Merry Christmas indeed. What right have you to be merry? What reason have you to be merry? You're poor enough. Come then. What right have you to be dismal? What reason have you to be morose? You're rich enough. <laughs> bah, humbug. Don't be cross, uncle. <laughs> what else can I be when I live in such a world of fools as this? What's Christmas time for you, to you, for, for, but for a time for finding yourself a year older, but not an hour richer? If I could work my will, every imbecile who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Uncle! Nephew, you, you keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep <sighs> it in mine. Keep it and that does it for the local edition. I've been your host, Patricio Robayo. Thank you to my first guest, Derek Kurt from the Sullivan County Democrat. Letting us know what happened, the big stories that happened in, in 2023 and what's in store for 2024. And again, thank you to the Sullivan County Dramatic Workshop for their edition of the Christmas Carol radio play. And also thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in every day, listening to us, giving you the local news here on Radio Catskill. For those who celebrate, I hope your Christmas was great. Take care. Stay safe, everyone. See you soon. It's Christmas. Baby, please come home. Support comes from the Women's Health Center in Holmesdale, Hamlin, Waymart, Carbondale, and Lords Valley in Pennsylvania. Physicians and certified midwives who deliver. The Women's Health Center is a Wayne Memorial Community Health Center. WMH.org. NACL Theater Highland Lake. Innovative performance and community action. NACL.org. And from listener donations at WJFFRadio.org. You're listening to Radio Catskill, WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello, 